Party Card Sports back again with a disc golf episode. I'm with my boy Nate. That's my fake beer can because I've already popped it prematurely. That is a that is my fault. I had a terrible intro, and my boy Nate cracked his beer during that blooper reel. Hey, we all can't be perfect. Can't be perfect. We're not one take tanners anymore. What the fuck's a one take? I don't tanner? know. I was trying to think of a rhyme with one, take. It's, it's one take wonders. That's yeah. yeah. Whatever. Jeez, we have to redo this one now too. No. 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 Anyway, it's a disc golf edition. We are back at it again with the disc golf. Again. Anyways. You know, I, we touched on this a little bit last week. Locally, for you and I, this tournament that we played in last weekend pretty much kicks off our local season, our disc golf season, the, the Kansas Disc Sports Scholarship Charity Tournament. One of the premier fun tournaments, fun, quotation marks. It was fun for us. I liked it very much. Uh, the I, ra- well, Big raffle. The raffle. Uh, always a cool trophy. I kind of always forget about this. They always make a cool kind of trophy for or take home souvenir for everybody and uh, yeah, participation medals yeah, yeah was, but they're always kind of cool this one was uh, probably my favorite that this I one had. is my favorite yeah, it's, I it's think. wicked yeah. awesome i think they did a great job this year so before we get too far into this because it's gonna pain me to say it i just want to get it out of the way you gotta shout out the boy you gotta shout out uh, <laughs> party card member also flock team member Justin Harp taking down MA1 in a shootout. The coacher, Coach Harp. Coach Harp. <sighs> pains you to say it, pains, doesn't it? Pains me to say it because he, he said he would. He said that he would never lose to you again. And then he comes and wins this tournament in uh, your the, face. The weekend before, I beat his ass by six strokes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but this week he beats you down. Beat me by two strokes. Beat you down. And I gave him four strokes in the first four holes. And then I come all the way back to tie it up. And then three putt from 12 feet away on what would be would have been our 14th hole. And people, I personally have no idea what happened on this card because I was not there. It was, it was, it was a good battle. I think between Harp and I in on this card. He got out to a huge jump. Like I said, he went four for four to start the second round. And I gave up three strokes in the first two holes. Thought I was going to get a stroke on the par four. He makes a miraculous recovery shot. Don't get a stroke. And then grabs another stroke on the fourth hole. So like I said, I'm four strokes I back. Flustered. I was I was a little panicked. I, I was. I, was a, I wasn't really flustered. I was just panicked like, shit, this guy now is not. Missing. He's not going to lose strokes. Where the fuck can I find some strokes? Then, just as fast as he got those four strokes, I get mine back once we get into the woods again. I, I kind of get them back, and I don't, I'm don't. i not looking at the scores. I kind of have an idea of where we're at. I know it's close. And then we get to hole 18 at Colwich East. I know we're close. It was, like, like I said, our 14th or 15th hole. And I three-putt from 12 feet away and end up taking a five, giving him two strokes. And then I end up losing by two strokes. I was saying, in that moment, you kind of knew it was over. I kind of knew it was over. I looked at the score once we got on to our last four holes. I knew I gave up two, two strokes, and I needed to get two strokes back. Before the last hole, I was only one stroke back. And for me, going into the last hole, it was ace or bust. And I took what I thought was the better ace line. And in doing so, I fucked myself because I don't throw very good forehands on Heiser. And I end up taking a par while he gives himself a birdie look. He drains a 28-footer. It was just inside circle because he didn't step put it. Okay. To basically win it. But what you're saying is you at, at a certain point, you were protecting your second place. No. Never. Is it because you had such a no. big lead on the third? No, I took, I took third. You took third? I took third. I took podium on third. Who jumps you? A uh, guy from Chase Card was okay. one was one stroke to start the one stroke behind me to start the round, and he was shooting pretty good. We actually watched him finish his seventeenth hole and then throw his eighteenth, and we knew that he wasn't going to get a birdie on eighteen. So okay. for Harp and I, we knew it was bur- birdie or die. And for me, if I wanted to tie Harp or win, I needed ace. And yeah, it definitely was. I see. Yeah, you went for the win, costed you a place. 
Because, well, it would it would have been a tie second, but who gives a fuck? If it ain't win, I don't want it. All right. Still podium finish. Good podium finish, yeah. especially for a course that you don't in particular like. don't like because it's very tight, very wooded, yeah. very technical. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a woods player. I don't like playing in the woods. And especially for you, you're like a big you're a bomber guy. You like to throw bombs. Dude, I'm not even a fucking bomber guy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> But, but but you're an open course, you're your ball yeah. golf course type of guy. But uh, but you've had a podium finish at a course you typically wouldn't see yourself doing that great at. I mean, what la- was the difference last last year? I tied for fourth. Yes, like, with Harp. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, what was the difference? Like, what was, you could have won this tournament. I, def- your, I definitely. What's the difference? I definitely could have won this tournament, and I think I robbed everybody from what they really wanted to see and what I really wanted a playoff with Harp. Harp. Nate playoff. I. Mark my words, and I hope he's listening to this before we play Andover. There will be a playoff this year sometime with me and Harp in a tournament. And 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 Cody? There will be a playoff. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I, I, I had a lot of fun in this tournament. I got to play both rounds with Harp. We got to play our first round with basically the, the party card and the advanced Yikes. division. Yikes. Yeah, some of us did well, some of us did not so well. It was a rough, it was a rough round for but your boy. Enough about me. The last thing I'm gonna say about me is I'm never gonna not be happy with a podium finish. I'm happy ha- where I finished, but I'm not happy how I finished. For that, sure. That's all I'm gonna say about me. Shout out Harp, great dub. Coming for you the rest of the season. We got a long me season. Me too. And we're going to talk about that. Cody, too, you move up with the big dogs in your first multi-round MA1 tournament. Take us through that. Playing God. up to players that are... Look, look at me. Look, look at me when I say this. Playing with players and against players that are better than you. Okay. So, I had all the confidence in the world going into it. I had been playing pretty good golf for... Ball, disc golf for what i have put together beforehand uh last year during this time period i had a really bad case of the yips i couldn't putt worth a dang this year i'm on it i'm putting good again i'm driving better than i've ever driven before in my life i i, I took the bait yeah i'll say this harp harp got me harp got me good uh he he baited me in to playing this and i'm glad he did to be honest i'm glad he did i I learned a lot from this first experience. And so I had a very, let's call it what it is, dumpster fire <laughs> of a first round. But your second round. So let's start with the first round. I, I, I shot plus eight on, on a course. On a very scorable course. On a very scorable course. And I think the problem was is I tried really, really hard. I, I think the problem was we weren't being tossed at- Toxic enough. Yeah, that could be it. <laughs> could be y'all got real quiet real fast. Well, you got real butt hurt real fast when you took a six on a two hundred and thirty foot hole. <laughs> a very easy hole. Um so so I, I here's the thing. I from the first round, I think I tried really, really hard to make shots that aren't me. I thought I need to get this hole. I need to keep up with the scores. I need to go like minus eight, whatever on this course. And I was making stupid, stupid decisions, unsmart, trying too hard. And that's what really screwed me in the first round. What was different in the second round? Different course. Of course, I've played before. Not very often, but of course, I've played before. I go minus two. I make a huge flip-flop. Completely 100, 100 points rating different difference. And... I make a little bit of a jump to the middle of the pack. Didn't didn't get last. Didn't get first. I calmed down in the second round. Just played my game. I left some strokes out. I, I will say I didn't play the best, but I played way better. I didn't do anything stupid. I didn't take any stupid strokes. Great second round for me. I finished in the middle of the pack. I didn't finish last. That's what's important. That's, I jumped that's right. up to MA1 and didn't finish last. So to wrap out your MA1 experience, you took 11, I believe, out of 19. So just under middle, just under that 50% mark. Yeah. No, there was like 17 or 18 players. So I was in the I was in the below middle. Yeah, you were below middle. 
as bad as you think that you played. You still would have been top half in MA2. Yeah. At that point, that when I when I was still playing intermediate, when I played bad and I was still at the cash line or the dang near the cash line in the intermediate, that for me was the was the note like, hey, okay, it's time to move up. Here, when I here, can play bad and still hit the line. Here's this leads into our discussion point of when when's the right time to move up, when's the right time not to move up. Here here's the thing. I've never won a sanctioned tournament. Ever. I've been close. I've taken my seconds. I've taken third podiums. I've taken po- uh, some podiums. I've never made the jump to an actual win in a event. At any division. We I started in MA2. I've never played MA3. I've never won anything. In my mind, I've always I want to win something. And then that's my that was my kicker to move up. The reason why I moved up, though, is because, first of all, Harp wouldn't shut his dang mouth. And I'm coming for him this this year. I'm going to get him. MA1 full-time? I'm going to get him this year. So, MA1 full-time? We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I haven't decided yet because I'm getting some feedback from some other people that I, I also agree with some of their opinions. They're saying that I should jump up for flex C tiers and play MA1 and flex C tiers and then in bigger B and A tournaments, I should be playing intermediate. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I kind of agree with that. I'm thinking about doing that. Now, that being said, that didn't stop me from signing up MA1 and Andover. I mean, it's a C-tier. It's, it's just a multi-round yeah, C-tier. Yeah, it's I mean, a multi-round it's not, C-tier. Yeah, That's why I did it. Plus, I want I don't want another chance. I want another chance to get you, boys. I, see, today. Yeah, you had a chance today, and you... Let it slip right through I my fingers. I let it fingers. slip right through my fingers. I, ch- I pulled the old chokaroo out there today. I was destroying the course until I wasn't. But I had uh, a great front nine. But back to our discussion point. When's the right time to move up? In my mind, I wanted to win something because I'm competitive. But I agree with you. At some point, when you're finishing every single tournament winning cash, 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 cash. Duck bugs, duck bugs, duck bugs. Even you, even when you feel like you, you played bad. Even when you feel you played bad, you need. So that's why I moved up in league, right? Because I felt like it was unfair for me to stay in MA one in league MA2. or MA two for in league because I won multiple times when I played atrocious. And you didn't just win. You you won by a handful of strokes yes. every so, every week. So it seemed I, like so I felt like I'm taking away from people that are trying to better themselves, and maybe they could win something too. Because I'm being selfish trying to go for a win. And I'm not bettering myself by losing and going for a win. I'm, I'd actually be bettering myself by taking lower end and not winning anything. Got to play with the comp. Because you're punishing yourself. I didn't play good. I don't get any money. That's how it should be. So that's why I moved up. I feel like at any point in time where you are constantly playing bad and winning cash, you need to move up. A couple years ago, that's where I was at. And where... I, I was kind of where you're at, where I personally wasn't ready to move up to advanced in leagues or anything, but I was definitely still at that point in intermediate where I could play bad and still at the cash line. But when I played good, I'm still up there in the top three. So I had all the, I guess you can say the people who run in league, you know, the Damians, whatever. Nate, you need to move up. Nate, you need to move up. Nate, when are you going to move up? And finally, the next year, okay, fine, I'm gonna move up. I started playing MA one. Granted, to your, you got to win something before you move up. My very last tournament before I said I was gonna move up to MA one, I did end up winning my very last tournament in MA two in a playoff. Of course you did. But I was gonna move up regardless the next year, and it just happened. My very last tournament, I had, I did end up winning. Okay, so and and. I agree with that. When we were doing a bunch of flex, Saturday flexes and stuff, and I usually come in and I see like, hey, what, what's, uh, what's MA2 at? There's like five or six players. Boring. I'm, I'm just going to be like, oh, there's no competition there really. And I don't mean no competition as in there's nobody good in there. I'm saying I might as well. That's what I'm I saying. Can, if I shoot a hot round, if I shoot a hot round, I can maybe win uh, the league. In MA, MA1. 
you know, and you can get more cash there. But, but what? But, <laughs> but yeah, look, I want to win. I don't know. I'm just I'm super competitive, so I want to win, and and like not. And I guess you're right. Bettering yourself, if you want to win, yeah, play against you're play against competition. Yeah. You need to be in the like today. Today taught me a lot. Today taught me a lot. Tell me what you learned. What what don't, did, what did we learn you today? Calm your mind. Slow down. Don't let one little mistake spiral. Do not snowball. What what did Shane Falco say? Quicksand. 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 And why is quicksand scary? Because it keeps, keeps pulling you down. Keeps pulling you down <laughs> until you suffocate. And that's exactly what happened today. That's exactly. I let one mistake suffocate me until I was until I didn't win, which is what you learn in in only by playing real with, competition. With comp, yeah, because when you're playing with you know the lower competition level not to talk down on, on anybody playing in ma2 but when you're used to playing at a higher level or at a certain level and playing bad and like you said getting rewarded still and then when you move up now you're playing bad and you're like oh shit i can't afford this it's like during field day when they gave everybody that blue participation ribbon right because you didn't get a first through third ribbon you got but you you still did terrible at field day, and you got a participation ribbon. I don't remember shit from field day, Cody. I'm fucking 29 years old, and well, I've had a few beers since then, okay? Well, you need to really think about it. <laughs> I remember, I remember trophies. Like- you got participation trophies just for playing t-ball. Oh, well, yeah. It's like that. Sometimes. It doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help you to go out and win and play terrible. It doesn't. So... I'm still on the boat. I think that in in bigger tournaments, I might play to me. Like if when when we go to GBO this year, whenever you sign up for that, I am going to sign up for it this weekend. Me and the boys have been hearing that for a while. This weekend, it's happening. I'm signing up for. I'm I'm still going to sign up for me too. Okay, yeah, it's probably a good idea. It sucks that you're going to be playing a completely different course. It does suck, else. but I I think for me that is actually the better place to yeah. be. I think because first of all, GBO's layout for. MA1 is three rounds at Country Club. Yeah, my arm is probably going to fall off in the middle of the third round. And if I'm lucky, the third round. And even though I know Country Club, like I've because I've watched it, I've played it, even though we weren't supposed to. I've. <laughs> but it's going to be allegedly it's going to be a different layout. For oh, us. I didn't know yeah, that. Allegedly, but it's going to be a bomber course, basically. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's gonna, whereas we have a lot of whereas, fun. even though. It's the lower division. I feel like there's going to be some pretty good competition. I mean, in MA2. Ev- everybody in this in that tournament, GBO, is playing their rating. Yes, I should be playing down to MA2 and playing my rating. I, yeah, and I should almost be playing in wreck. <laughs> you can because you're under nine hundred. I know yeah. exactly. So, so what I'm saying is, is I think in big tournaments, big big guys, where I'm trying to get points, I'm trying to you know make a push for a podium, a win. I think I will move down, but I think in all these C tiers, these duck events, anything like any local, any league, I think I'm gonna be up in MA1. I'm gonna be trying Playing to compete with, the, with the boys. Playing with the big dogs. And hey, if I start winning some MA1 stuff, maybe I just jump up and play MA1 for now on. So what you're saying is, is that we should let you win a couple, so then you move up and we can get more points. You're already getting more points off of me right now. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I kind of agree with you. You're with, welcome, with, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I kind of need them. I'm trying to make that push for 24. Good luck with that. Thanks. God, I I had a thought. Oh, yeah. Just kind of wrap up on the whole moving up thing. It really is just a comfort thing. It it It's do you want to push yourself to become better? You got to play against comp. If you don't want to push yourself to become better and you're happy with mediocrity, stay with where you're at. Don't progress. You're not going to hurt anybody, like you said, but yourself. Yeah. So I think it is it is a personal thing. Me, personally, I do I do play disc golf to have fun. I don't practice. I don't no. warm up. I, I don't no. practice putting. I don't do field work. I show up. I might throw four shots to warm up, a couple putts, and like six beers. And that's probably why I'm not pros. Yeah. Because we don't go out and spend hours on hours practicing constantly. 
over and over and over and over and over again, like pros would do. But am I competitive? Absolutely. Do we play? Do we play around every day? No, no, not anymore. There are a bunch of people that do, even now. But like, am I competitive? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't fucking hate. I, I hate losing. I hate losing more than I like winning, and I like winning a lot. But I hate losing. But when I lose in disc golf, does it ruin my fucking life? Like, oh, good job, dude. Like, not life. Although it was hard for me to not life, but it sometimes ruin a couple <laughs> a couple hours. A couple hours. Was it hard for me to admit that Justin Harp kind of kicked my ass a little bit last weekend? Sure. But was it because he completely outplayed me? No, I don't think he did. Yeah, it was kind of hard for me to lose to everybody on party card <laughs> this week, especially since I don't think I'm not. It's hard to justify. I think everybody that we actually play with is pretty good in their own right. Right. Yeah. So I'm not saying I don't think I'm the worst. I don't think I don't think I'm top by any means, but I feel like I'm there. I'm right in the mix at any point in time. So when, losing to everybody when you're on, it's fucking scary. I, it, but and when I'm, I lose it to everybody, it just sucks. Yeah, when you're playing like you, it's kind of funny for all of when us. I'm playing like you. <laughs> Fuck you. So uh, we we kind of we kind of jumped from MA two to MA one, right? Right. I have a different kind of perspective from rec to intermediate. Real quick. We'll do this real quick. Okay. My perspective on this is if it, if you're shooting 50% of your rounds at a negative, even if it's a fun round, you should be intermediate. No. I, I think so. I think I think if you're shooting par, you should be an intermediate. Sure. Yes. Yeah. If you're shooting close to par, in your casual rounds, in your tournament rounds, in your league rounds, rounds, league rounds, intermediate. Yes. Rec players constantly shoot four, four or more above par. That's what I think. Depending on the course. Now, two, since you took the, the jump from rec to intermediate, I'm going to take the jump from advanced to pro. From advanced to pro, that's a whole oh, other level, dog. huge. That is something that, fuck what your rating says. You need all the tools. You, you don't even need all the tools. From that point, if you want to make that jump from advanced to pro, at let's just keep it at the local level, not so much the pro tour level. It's a it's a comfort thing. It's are you ready to accept that you are no longer going to be the best player in this division day in, day out, week in, week out, at this course, at that course. Something had come up. Uh, we were sitting in the tent. And I don't remember who said it, but someone said to Duck, in regards to Harp, hey, Duck, when do you think Harp is going to move up to pro? And Duck said the best possible thing you could have said when he's ready. And that's 100% true. Because you cannot move from advanced to pro until you're ready unless you're willing to get the shit kicked out of you. We know a player who went from advanced to pro way too fast. He quickly learned... I can't handle this, and now he's back down to advanced. So knowing your limits and knowing what you're willing to take, if you're not willing to take your your shit getting kicked in for a while, don't move up because everyone has to go through the growing pains when they move up. I think something else you have to realize, too, when you move up to pro is you have to be ready to now give forfeit all prizes like – you can you once you accept cash, you can no longer right. jump back down and into also, an amateur. And level. also the thing, it will, a certain amount of cash. Yeah, I know. it also depends on like league and stuff because you can play league and accept cash, but you can't play yeah. a tournament and accept cash yeah. and still re- retain amateur status. Now another thing, and then we'll kind of wrap up and move on because we're getting a little bit late on time. When you move up to pro, it's a completely different atmosphere. I'm very nonchalant. About calling rules and, oh, and, yeah. and fouls, even at the advanced level. Dude, I don't give a oh, damn. Oh, yeah. There was a couple times, in even in this tournament, the guys I was playing with on my second card, I didn't really know them that well. There were some little things where I was like, mm, I'm just going to let that go because I'm not. First of all, I it's it's not a casual round. So things you can do in a casual round compared to right a non-casual round like PDGA, you're supposed to call them. But it's not really necessary. 
right. to call them. So I let, let little things go. When you're in pro, you, you don't let that go. Yeah, no, you can't. You you have you, see you are the official for your card. Yeah. Everyone's the official. You have to call that, which means you might have to be the asshole that calls a footfall, yeah. that calls a time violation, and it it's a completely different atmosphere. When you're an amateur player, you might get stuck with a rule stickler from time to time, and it really can bring down the the mood of the card and kind of ruin the and day. And that's kind of why people don't. Right. They just say, well, dude, we're not he, we're not playing for cash. He's already taking yeah. a a four or five. What's what's the point of even giving him an extra stroke right here just to piss him off, piss the card off? Yeah. It's not worth it for me. As long as it doesn't give him a huge strategic advantage, I'm not going to call a damn thing. Now we've been in the cases where we've had people that take an extremely long time to play their lies, to play their disc, and that should be called. If it's if it's if it's one of those like outlier moments where it's like this is getting ridiculous, that's right. when you call it. Right. Have you have you ever called anybody on a foul or anything? I think one time I called a footfall. No, maybe it wasn't. I think I think I warned somebody. I said, "Hey, man, you're stepping on your disc." I've warned people like, "Hey, you know, you're getting a little close to your mini. Hey, just." Watch your foot. Yeah. I've said that. I've said that quite. I think I've said that a handful of times because I think after like the second or third time where I'm watching this dude just step on his disc (laughs) as he's throwing him, I'm like, that's a footfall. But I don't want to like call the dude out and say, hey, man, um, you're not allowed to step on your disc. Just a heads up. And then then if it keeps happening, that's when you have to call it. Right. Yeah. I I think. But uh, if you see that first time. On pro, those guys know not to do that. Yep, you gotta call. You have them. to call them. And when I'm saying, when I'm saying, I'm seeing these things. I'm saying them from a. I see them in intermediate. Right. You know, that's back when I was playing intermediate. I saw that. You don't really see that as much in advance. You don't, and you definitely shouldn't see it as much in pro. I'm gonna mute both of us so no one hears what I'm about to say. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That uh, well, you all <laughs> never hear what he had to say. Uh, I never n- noticed what you had to say, so yeah, it, uh, I can tell you I've broken the rules, yeah, and, sure, and, sure. and gotten away with it. I mean, uh, I don't sometimes I don't necessarily mean to, sometimes I might. It, it, it I mean, I, I never mean to, but it just, it just happens. I don't pencil whip, that's for sure. I don't do anything like that. You don't do anything like that. I did it one time on accident. I literally miscounted my strokes one time two years ago. Wow. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> two Nathan year, two is years ago on a C tier. It just instantly come to me. They asked me my score. I sell my score. They write it down. And then we take final scores. And I'm like, that's not what I had in my mind. And then it wasn't until later that night I get home and I'm like, I'm mad and I'm like, oh, I fucked up. <laughs> At that point, you can't do anything about it. You just <laughs> I know, forgot. yeah, yeah. That's not your fault. It was an accident. That, that was an honest accident. But I, I have, I've had that happen before. I've. Uh, and if someone would have called me out on it when I when I told my score, I'm like, oh shit, yeah, you're right. But I honestly, in my mind at that time, thought that was the score I took. Every once in a while, I've putted before from inside the circle and. Have, I, I don't do it as much. I don't do it anymore because I know what it is now. But back in the day, I used to putt, and then if I knew it was going in, I'd start to take a step forward, and that's a footfall if it's not in see, the cage settled. See, that's stupid. But it is. I know that's stupid because I and not and non-sanctioned shit. I walk that shit. I don't give a damn. Yeah. But, um. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, you have to at that point. Yeah, when you move it to pro, you have to call everything. You are the referee. You have to watch. You, that's something you don't really have to do in other, other divisions. You don't really have to watch dead eye your opponents all the time. Yeah, I don't do that shit. I got my own shit to worry about. Right. I'm trying to focus on my game. See, that's another thing I think they should do in the pro circuit. They need to. You know that guy that was out there when the Nico whole thing happened. Yeah, the European at Open. The European Open. Why don't they do that for all the tournaments? They have volunteers. Right. They have an actual official with every card. Yeah. Someone had brought that up after that incident. And someone, 
I, I forget what the whole thing about it was. Well, it's like you said, it ruins the vibes. If I right. have to call someone else out, I can now. They're pissed off at me now. Now they're so gonna be looking at my shit. I and I can't go over there and say, "Hey, what's up, dude?" Like you can't chat anymore. Like you're mad. Yeah, I mean, we had an incident like that last week with Party Card. Oh, in yeah, yeah, real bad. So and it does it. It definitely ruins. It ruins the vibe. It ruins the mood of just about the whole card, and it kind of just changes it. I mean, just think about this. I mean, when I was pissy. On the on the the first round card, Kolich, it kind it kind of yeah, it kind of you. slowed down the vibe. Yeah, I could have shot like three strokes better. You should have, but Kolich I should have just done it yourself. I should have just made some putts. Yeah, but anyways, that's our local wrap up. We spent a little bit more time on that than kind of wanted, but we got we we had a good discussion about moving up. When's the right time to move up? Yada yada yada. Pro wrap up. Not a lot happened. Very slow it week was, in pro. It, we already knew that though. Yeah, it it was good. It was a bye week for the pro tour. Everyone was kind of scattered out. Uh, we had to throw down the mountain tournament. Paul's new course that he basically bought into with God Dylan Cease. I forget what his name is. I think it's Dylan Cease, <clears throat> pitcher for the Chicago White Sox. But Paul played there. Obviously, his course. He won it. What a surprise! But the real story from that tournament comes from the FPO division. This tournament for both MPO and FPO were qualifiers for, in the MPO side, the USDGC, and for the FPO side, the Throw Pink Women's Tournament. The winner of the FPO was and did, allegedly, as of now, qualify for the Throw Pink Women's Tournament. The winner for the FPO division was Natalie Ryan, the open transgender athlete in FPO. Playing in the FPO field. She was a they were allowed to play because the, it's not because it wasn't a major or a DGPT event. It was just a PDGA tier. Correct. So they were allowed to play. Now that they've won that tournament, Natalie Ryan is qualified for a PDGA major, the USA women's throw pink tournament. That she's technically not allowed to play. That per PDGA rules and guidelines that they established at the start of this year. Natalie Ryan is not eligible to play in majors and or DGPT events. Which is why there's a slight problem with her qualifying to be in the event. It'll be interesting. Now, I really think the PGA really did not want this to happen. They were just praying that all season long, Natalie Ryan would miss cuts and not make the qualifiers. But now the PGA has to face this demon. They have to face... Natalie Ryan and decide whether they're going to stand by the rules that they've established and say, no, you cannot play or they're going to be soft and say, because we didn't give you sufficient a time, we will allow you to play in this year's tournament. Yada, yada, yada. What route do you think is more likely to happen? Cody? I'm hoping they know what, Oh. I don't. I don't. What do you I don't, think? I what, think they'll what, do. What do you think PGA will do? I know what you think. What you're hoping, but what they're gonna do? What do you not, think? Not, PGA, not what I think they're gonna do. No. What, what do you, they're gonna do? Oh, what? Okay, you're gonna tell me what they're gonna do. Is they're going to backtrack so hard, even though they've had support by the top FPO players. They're gonna backtrack and let her play, play because they qualified. I agree. I, I think that the because PDGA, the PDGA does not have a spine. I think the PDGA will be soft. Like I said, I think they're going to come out with some statement saying they didn't give sufficient enough time. That the blah, blah, from blah, the blah. time something to say exactly. face saying there was no other option for us. Uh, we we know that you guys as fans you don't like this, but there's nothing we could do. So, the woman that Natalie Ryan played against in the final round, they actually go to a playoff. Natalie Ryan wins in a playoff. Morgan Lins is her name. Pretty gorgeous. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Uh, her. How was her disc golf? <laughs> Not quite as good as she looks, but it was still okay. pretty good. Okay. Good good enough to be in a playoff okay. with a dude. No, yes. <laughs> true. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> but 
her mom goes off on oh, social media about oh. this. And it was Woo! Not so great, huh? Dude, she lays Morgan Lindsay's mom lays in to the whole she competed against a man and a man is now playing against women and qualified for a tournament. As far as I'm concerned, my daughter won in a women's division. I mean, kudos to her mom. She gave zero fucks about who saw this post and just went for it. So, Miss Linz, thank you. Thank you for protecting women's sports with that post because that is awesome. I am 100% going to give that a nice applause because... Okay. Uh, I have not read this. I will, Do you have it pulled up? I'm trying to get it pulled up. I probably, by the way you described it, I probably won't be able to repeat it on this podcast. But uh, listen, we, we've we've had the same agreements on this. It's not fair for other women because of certain biological advantages that are given. To dudes. To keep it uh, even keel, I'll say they. And uh, it's just not fair. So I I agree with the fact that... I, I agree with the, the original PDGA... Guidelines. Ruling in right. guidelines. I, and I think all FPO women kind of backed that up, too. I think they all said that. I think... For the FPO field to make a statement, if the PDGA allows Natalie Ryan to play in this USDG or in the uh, throw pink tournament, I would sure hope that only if FPO players did not support the playing of Natalie Ryan in the FPO division, I would hope that they boycott and do not play. I'm seeing your face now. Are you reading it? <laughs> yeah, I'm reading it. <laughs> I, I would hope that FPO. FPO players boycott and do not play the throw pink tournament. See, see what she's saying in this is how all parents feel I, when, I would, they're, when their the, daughter that's worked. We can't say all. Okay, we can't say all. But I would say definitely the vast majority. Oh, I'm going sure. to exclude the the uh, states on the far <laughs> west side. You know the two that I'm talking about. <laughs> And then most of the other parts of the country would agree that this is how parents feel when their daughters work hard their entire lives to get to a high tier level of competition like this just to get it taken away by someone that has biological advantages because they mentally believe that they are of opposite sex. Yeah. As did you get a good laugh after reading that? Uh, <laughs> well, she went hard in the paint. I, I told you she did not she hold back. She went after it. And I bet I feel I feel for the parents. Like they their their child worked really hard to get here, and they feel like it's unfair. Right. And would would I would I'd feel that way about if our friend say well, I'm not gonna say names. If our friend went and played and then got beat by when, a dude. By them, <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to. Be, you're you're being blunt. I'm I've, to be I've nice. had a few drinks. Okay, I'm trying to be nice. Zero filter. If if that happened, we'd be upset. We'd be like, "That's stupid." You actually won. In, my, in our minds, you actually won for sure. So I can feel for these parents. And she went hard in the paint. So I give her respect. She didn't back yeah. down. That's a, it, but it's a huge thing. I feel like the PDJ needs to. To back up their own statement. I don't think they will, though. I think I'm, they crumble. I think they crumble. I'm honestly surprised. I didn't dive deep into it. But the other day when I did look, I didn't see a response from the PDGA yet on this. It won't. It won't. It, they're they're trying to so figure I, it out. I think, like you said, I, they might be trying to figure it out. They might be trying to like let it slip underneath the rug as, as we're getting into the, the Music City Opens now going on. And they're like, oh, thank God the, P, the DGPT is back. And... We don't have to worry about this now. They're probably trying to wait until something exciting happens so they can just slide it under. Like you said, just slide it under the rug. It's like it's like when our government has, <laughs> has a bill they're passing, and then all the way over somewhere else, gun control. huge news. <laughs> and 
and then all of a sudden there's a new bill passed and we didn't even know no. about it. Look it's kind of like that. Look over there, war. And here's a bill. Yeah. Here's, yeah. here's a new It's kind of like that. They're going to yeah. try to slide it in there. But that I think that's about as political as we can get on this show. <laughs> Trying to stay nice. <laughs> eh, well, sure. To a certain degree. To a certain degree. So now we get to the Music City Open. You know, basically, first time in a while, that, even though I've said this, this is the second time I've seen it this season, the MPO is back in full roster. Ricky's back. Says he's feeling good. Played a practice round. He said he's feeling okay. He's going to go 100%. He did play today's first round. Paul's oh. back. His hand is fine. Granted, you know, he did play last weekend on his course, and he did win. Eagle and Simon are in there. Hopefully, we get some fireworks other than from the Calvin Heimberg and Gant- yeah Heimberg and Gannon Burrs, the young guys. Hopefully, we see the Pauls and the Rickies. The Eagles and the Simons back in the top here this weekend. Fighting for their right to party. I like that. FPO Field, also back in full swing and full strength. We've got Tatar in there. Pier- yeah, Paige Pierce, Kristen Allen, Jennifer Allen. Or not Kristen Allen. Uh, Katrina Allen and Owen Scoggins. You know, they're all in there. They're competing. But with the Music City Open and... To kind of spice things up here on Party Card Sports Podcast, we're going to do a head-to-head pick where Cody and I will pick a player in the NPO field because we don't know too terribly much about the FPO field. And our player is going to essentially go head-to-head with the other player that the, that the other picks. Now, here's the kicker. That sounds too easy, right? Yeah, oh, well, we're, gonna I, pick, we're probably going to pick Paul. I'm probably going to pick Heinberg, yeah. 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 Wrong. We are going to take the top 10 best players at any given time. We, we're going to do it from each tournament to each tournament. Top 10 players. And we are going to draw cards 1 through 10. 0 through 10. 0, zero through 10 because there is a wild. To exclude that number of the top 10 where you cannot pick them. The... The best you, you can do is get a wild card, the zero, zero. and then you can pick anybody, anybody from the top ten. Or if you want to go outside top ten, you can. Anybody is open at that point. If you get a ten, all top ten players are excluded. You have to pick someone eleven or below. Correct. Say if you get a random five. Now you can't pick the first five. But you can pick that second five. That's how this is going to work. We have the cards set up. Who's drawn first, Nate? There are other stipulations. There are stipulations. Every week is worth one point win. However, oh. if you pick a top five player, and the say you pick a top five player, yes, and I pick somebody out of the top ten, and they beat a top five player, not only do I win that point, but you lose a point. Correct. If your player wins takes first overall in the tournament you get a bonus point so you can score two points and take a point away from somebody and have a three stroke a three point swing in one week what about podium no no podium points win or bust okay for for a bonus point that's how we're gonna do it so what if your player takes last well then you just don't get a point (laughs) (laughs) the real question is what do we do if your player dnfs (laughs) That you take you lose. Yeah, you just lose. Sorry. As long as the other player finishes, I guess. There's no stipulations. You, you shouldn't yep. pick that player. So, before we draw, I think I'm the visiting team. I will draw first. Wow. They're your cards. I'm the visiting team. I get to draw first. Okay. The top 10 players that we're going off of via U-Disc, Ricky Wysocki, Calvin Heimberg, Paul McBeth, Gannon Burr, Eagle McMahon, Simon Lazak, Kyle Klein, Chris Dickerson, uh, Mario and Nicolas Entela. Uh, is that how you pronounce that? Yeah, Nicolas Entela. Did you type that in to make sure that's how yeah. you pronounced it? I've heard him say it. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correct, completely correctly. I've been drinking, but I feel like I'm pretty damn close. I've never known. So, to make this as fair as possible, we've done our best since we are recording this on Friday not to look at the scores from round I one. I have not seen any score. I have only seen... Two scores and they were over par. 
Don't look at oh, the cards. <laughs> you're doing another shuffle? I just yeah. I shuffled oh. those. Okay. Wow. Well, you put them under the table and did something. Jesus, fine. <laughs> He's trying to trick right. me over here, guys. Do I get to pay anyone or you want me to take it off the top? Take it off the top. Take it off the top. So that means you're taking it off the top, too. Yeah. Got the wild? Son, Son of a, a bitch, bitch, I got the wild. <laughs> a fucking course. You right, so can pick anybody. Well, I know who's probably going to pick. Ah, uh, and that sucks because you could have picked up. <laughs> yeah, well. So, but our rule says the higher card gets to pick first. So you get, oh shit, you get to pick him. You get to pick Chris Dickerson if you want him because he's at number eight. I'm kind of going to stick with my gut. Okay, Honestly, what's your guy? I I, I I picked a guy. Uh just in case I didn't get a card. I'm gonna honor your card. I'm gonna let you take this guy. I'm gonna let you take that guy. But I'm gonna take Adam Hammis. Adam Hammis is a good pick. I'm gonna pick Adam Hammis. And the reason why is because Adam Hammis in the last two Music City Opens has taken second and third podiums. And I think he does it again. I think he did it on a podium, and I know who you're going to take. Yep, I'm, Go ahead and take it. I'm taking Chris Dickerson, number eight in the world right now compared to you, Dis, so I'm not going to be giving up two points because he's outside the top five. But three-time winner in this event, back-to-back-to-back. Sure. To back to what back. I'm hoping is is I get two points on you right here. You can't get two points on him. Oh, if he wins. Yes, I can. Oh, yeah, if he wins. No, if my guy beats your guy no. and... Yeah, because yeah. then you go negative. No, that's only if I pick a top five player. That's a top now. No, it should be all top ten. No, nope. I said if you pick a top five player and a and someone and the other person He's takes changing eight, the rules already. We can go back and rewind it. So okay. Now that we've picked, we can look at the scores. Do you have them pulled up? No. All right, I will pull. I got them pulled up here on my phone. Right, meow. Luke Humphreys is sitting at seven. Ezra is sitting at seven. Simon Lazat sitting at six. James Proctor sitting at six. Adam Hammis sitting at six. Yeah. Chris Dickerson sitting at six. <laughs> it's a fight. It's, a, it's fight. a fight. Week one, it's already a fight. So this will be interesting. So only one point is on the line. Unless your player takes. And they're tied after round one. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I already said that. Let's go. Six. So that's tied for third. There is a gaggle. Seven and six. A yeah. Gaggle of people tied that's for six. third. Yeah. There's a bunch of people tied at six. Gannon Burr, Austin Turner, Hammis. Who AD. would you have picked? Who would you have picked if I would have took Chris Dickerson? Who I would have picked? I uh, I probably with a wild card. Yeah. I I probably would have had to go with <laughs> Heinberg. If you would have picked Dickerson, but I think he's down there. Yeah, I don't Heimberg see him. Heimberg is not. Yeah. Calvin's at minus four, tied for 18th. Yeah. My other pick outside of top 10, if I would have got a shit card, was going to be Isaac Robinson, who's down there at 20th at three. Why him? As Isaac Robinson, he has the power to compete on that course, and he puts very well. He doesn't have a very good forehand, but not a lot of these holes call for a good, yeah. a, an elite forehand. So see what I was going off of is podium finishes at this particular. I went back, I went back and looked up PGA podium finishes, uh-huh. and then I also went on Statmando and was looking up particular stats. And Adam Hammis just dialed in to two podiums and Tennessee stats because you can get specific state. Oh yeah, for sure stats. That that's why I wanted to go with Chris Dickerson. He's won this well, event of course, three times. Of course. Well, and he has the most wins in Tennessee out oh, of any professional. That, that, that I didn't know. I just knew that he won this well, event three he's times. He's from in a row. Tennessee. Oh, turns out I think the limestone laser. But other than that, we got our new pickums. One basically one point on the line unless one of our players win. They're tied going in the second round at six down. Let's see. Next week, there's going to be a DGPT event, so we'll we'll do this every Pro Tour event. Even Silver Series? I think we'll do the Silver Series, I too. think we should do the Silver Series. It's going to be... Silver Series might be a little easier because there's going to be less top 10 players. I think there, there's going to be more than there were last year because the Silver Series is worth more points, but I, I don't think there'll be as many top 10 players 
like every top ten player. That's fine. At, he should be venturing order. out, just like me taking out of Hamas. I don't even know where he's ranked, top in the world. I don't know. Don't I know. Don't care. I mean, he's he's a solid player. I can look right now. He is ranked twenty sixth. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the drop off between you know ten and twenty is. Isn't really that much. So Chris Dickerson's a a ten forty two rated player, and Adam Hammes is a ten thirty one. Yeah. So. So not a huge drop off there. That yeah. is a stroke, maybe. Yeah. Every every ten points ish is a stroke. Yeah. Yeah. So not not very much. I I feel pretty good about my pick. The fact that you didn't go with Chris Dickerson, I feel pretty good about my pick too. Because if you would have went Chris Dickerson, I would have been fucked and went with Isaac Robinson or. In this case, I would have went with Heinberg. I did too much research. I didn't think I was going to get him. And I did too much research. You could have got him. To find Adam Hammes. And I liked him. I liked the, I liked the... And also, when you picked Adam Hammes, I definitely did not want a top five player and try to and give up two points. I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to give a top five player. <laughs> but I I did too much research. And I had That was my guy. Like, I was like, obviously, one of us wants to pick Chris Dickerson. Yeah. And so I, I went away from that completely and just found somebody that... Has done well in this tournament. In this day. And has been doing pretty good. So I'll take Adam Hammes. All right. You got Hammes. I got Dickerson. We'll see how that finishes up Sunday, Sunday, Can't Sunday. Can't wait to celebrate my W. Well, you have to wait all next week. Oh, no. I'm going to be starting on Sunday. Yeah. Twitter will hear about this. The Twitter part at Party Card Sports on the Twitter. Also. At Party Card Sports on Twitter. And. On the Facebook. On the Facebook and TikTok. Damn. Where videos coming soon. I missed a sick throw in today yeah. by Nate. Yeah, uh, you weren't you weren't ready for it. Wasn't it, ready for it. it. I done a bunch of other videotaping trying to get some stuff for the band, but I missed the coolest freaking flicking. Yeah, it's never gonna happen again. Nope. Other than that, you guys keep the party going on out there. We'll keep the party going on in here. We'll see you next week. Let's go, Hammis. <laughs>